Well, how many of you have a cell phone with you that is, has the ability to text? You're able to text on it? All right, well, go ahead and get that out. We're going to start today with a little wireless poll. And this is our first attempt at this, so say a little prayer. But, uh, and I realize that not everyone has a phone with text messaging on it, but I think that you'll find this interesting as we, we go, if it works. Um, and since we're starting this series on prayer today, I thought we'd start with a little poll on prayer. So if you go ahead and pull out your phone, get it on if you've turned it off out of politeness, hoping it wouldn't ring during the service. But, um, and I want to say this is totally anonymous. You, nobody's going to know who said what here. But the way it works is I'll put a question on the screen. You can see the text code is 22333. So uh, where you normally enter the person's name or the phone number that you're texting to, uh, go ahead and start a new text message. Enter those numbers 22333 up in the top line where it says 2 in that space. So 22333. We did an experiment last night, and I got it goofed up. I said 22323, and it didn't work. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, you got to put the right number in. 22333. Okay. Then, um, according to the answers here, how often do you pray is the question. One or more times a day, you would enter in your message text 6969509. If you pray without ceasing, enter that next, that number. If you pray once a week or once a week or so, then 69.95.11. If you rarely pray, then 69.95.12. And then just hit send. And we'll start to see these appear on the screen up here if everything works as hoped. All right, so there's one. We've got one person that prays once a week or so. Oh, six people who pray one or more times a day. Great. Anybody else going to? Chime in here. Seven people, one or more times a day. Two once a week or so. Three once a week or so. Okay, so you see how it works? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got the number. <laughs> okay. You had trouble with it last night, too. Yeah, I did. Okay. Then put your answer in there. No, everybody. Somebody else send right when he sends. So, <laughs> I was hoping it was there was going to be more than one person, or it'd be really awkward. You know, <laughs> we'd all we'd all know everybody's. Okay, so. Well, then it wouldn't be anonymous. <laughs> That's true. Not really. All right, well, that was Forrest. <laughs> okay, he just had to throw in there. All right, let's go to the next one. Hit the bottom, the button at the bottom. The yeah, you're getting there. Okay. Well, that wasn't that wasn't, but that's all right. Leave it there. All right. How long do you typically pray? Mostly short popcorn prayers, you know, help me, God, that kind of thing. <laughs> or, you know, I need you, Lord. Five to ten minutes, 15 to 30 minutes, I'm a prayer warrior, an hour or more. 
All right. So put it in. There's one for short popcorn. <laughs> All right. So you you see them coming up there. Whoops! Somebody took theirs off. Changed their mind. No. <laughs> All right. I'm waiting for that prayer warrior. I'm going to get your name. <laughs> okay. Then let's go to the last one. I can't vote on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you out later, hon. All right. Have you ever fallen asleep while praying? Yep. Or never? There they go. They're mounting up. Okay. Wow. That's pretty good. You're better than your pastor. <laughs> okay. Well, that was a, just a fun way to start this message series uh, on prayer. And I've called this series Wireless. Uh, wireless communication is pretty amazing. Uh, who remembers the day when we... Uh, had one phone per household. It was a landline. You shared the line with maybe two or three other people uh, on the party line, right? Okay. And, and now, you know, most people have their own phone. It's a cell phone. You communicate wirelessly. And uh, it's really pretty am amazing. Uh, this poll that we just took, those signals are going out into outer space, hitting some, bouncing off some satellite, coming back here, appearing on the screen all wirelessly. And uh, it's pretty amazing. And it, but as amazing as wireless connections are, um, God has been communicating wirelessly for thousands of years, uh, ever since the beginning of time. And the challenge for us then is to learn how to tune in, how to communicate with God. And there are two primary reasons that I chose this topic. The first is that I believe that God is doing something in our churches right now, and if we're going to join him in that, it requires that we pray. We need God's wisdom. We need God's provision. Uh, when we're trying to accomplish things like beginning a contemporary service, when we've already got two services going on Sunday, those are impossible kinds of things that uh, we need God's intervention and his provision for. So prayer is so important there. And then the second reason for this series is that prayer is essential to who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. It's such an important practice. And um, as a pastor, I see people really struggling with some questions around prayer. So in this series, we're going to be looking at what the scripture says about some of the difficult questions that come about when, we're, uh, when we think about prayer. And, you know, I think, and I, I know that we've all prayed for things, for people, for situations, and those prayers weren't answered as we had hoped that they would be. 
a loved one wasn't healed or uh, they, and they passed away or they continue to suffer with some kind of chronic uh, illness or pain. And even though you prayed in a mar- uh, there was a marriage that didn't work out or you still lost your job or a loved one continues to uh, turn away from God. We've all had those kinds of disappointments. Times when, like the writer of Psalm 77, we question whether God has forgotten to be kind or not. And yet we all, uh, or most of us, would say that we have seen God work in some miraculous ways in response to prayer. Uh, We prayed and things have happened. Situations or people have changed in ways that we can only attribute to God. So what is the key? Does prayer really change things? Or is God just going to do what God's going to do? Is there some kind of formula? Is there a right or a wrong way to pray? And what about unanswered prayers? Why, why does God answer some prayers and then uh, not rescue other uh, people? And those are the kinds of questions that we're going to be wrestling with in this series. And today we're going to start with this question, does prayer really change anything? So go ahead and pull out your message notes. And we're going to look at three changes that we can count on when we pray. And to help us explore this question, we're going to look at the story of a father who is in desperate need of God's intervention in his family. His daughter was dying. It looked like all hope was gone. They had tried everything they knew to do, and they couldn't make her well. And in a matter of minutes or a couple of hours tops, she would be gone. Her life was slipping away before his eyes, and there was nothing that he could do for her. And he sat at her bed helpless, and then he heard the sound of someone running. Friends were pushed aside, and the messenger came bursting into the room, and he announced that Jesus had just arrived by boat in town. Jairus, the synagogue leader whose daughter was dying, was on his feet and running out of the room down to the beach to fall before Jesus and make his request, my daughter is dying, please come. And when he fell at his feet, look with me at Mark chapter 5, 23. If you want to turn in your Bibles, you can follow this story, but Uh, He fell and he pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And you can imagine the relief and the change in Jairus' heart when Jesus began to go with him towards his home. His situation was changed in an instant because he took his need to the one who could do something about it. And when we think about this question, does prayer change anything? Um, One of the first things that we can count on when we pray is that prayer changes hopelessness to hopefulness. Prayer changes hopelessness to hopefulness. And I've seen this many, many times in my ministry. Uh, When things look hopeless, 
just the offer of a prayer reminds someone that God is there, that they're not alone in this, and um, that there is someone who cares about them and who is there for them. And I could tell you story after story, but one that that sticks out for me, uh, several years ago, Forrest and I were eating at Popeye's, and um, I was running behind schedule, was supposed to be uh, coming to a meeting soon, and when we got to Popeye's, there was this horrible line. Everybody ahead of us was ordering, you know, like the 24-piece dinners, buckets of chickens with all the sides, and they can't decide which sides, and they get the drinks and everything, you know, and it just... Uh, crazy, and I was standing there in line, and I was thinking, why did I pick Popeyes? It's out of the way, the opposite direction of the meeting that I'm supposed to be going to, and they're going to run out of chicken before we get there anyway, you know, yada, yada, yada. So we finally get our meal, and we sat down, and there were two women in the next booth. Uh, I'm sitting here, and they're over there, and as we're eating, I heard the one uh, place a phone call, And I don't know who she was talking to, but she was very upset. And she was telling them that a loved one of theirs was in the hospital, in the emergency room, that they were taking him him or her for bypass surgery in Kalamazoo. And she was talking to this other person on the phone and trying to, you know, calm her down a little bit, tell her to, to make sure she settled down before she got in the car to drive. And Forrest and I were finishing our meal and getting ready to leave, and I began to get this impression that I was supposed to offer to pray for her. And I, of course, began to argue with God. Now, (laughs) no, that's a crazy idea. They'll think that I'm nuts, and I don't know these people. They don't know me. And so I just started to kind of clean up the table and arrange everything on the tray. But then I started thinking about all of the delays in getting to the restaurant and everything that had happened that put me in that place at that time and, and um, uh, sitting across from this person. And so um, I began to wonder if I was here at this exact moment sitting across from these people by design for a reason. And I started very methodically to pick up the... <laughs> Uh, things on the table and put them on the tray and I was saying to myself it would be easier if I wasn't a Christian if I wasn't a Christian I could just get in the car and go on about my life and I'm late already and I have really good excuses Lord Uh, they're gonna think I'm crazy they'll think I'm nuts and I'm getting ready to get up and leave I've got the tray and Forrest announces that he's got some honey on his hands and he's got to go in the bathroom and wash. And so I sat down, and now there's no one between me and the person, and I see her face, and she's so distraught. And I have already decided I'm not going to pray for her. And Forrest is coming back out of the bathroom, so everything's okay. I've got to leave, and... We get up, Uh, he's totally unaware of the struggle that's going on inside of me. He picks up the tray, heads to the wastebasket, you know, to dump it, and I'm right behind him, and then I do an about face and go back to the table, 
And I, as I got up out of that booth, I had the distinct impression that if you do not pray with them, you'll not know this side of heaven the difference it would have made. And so I went over to the table, and, you know, it wasn't awkward. It, um, it didn't seem like a strange thing to do at all. And I, and I asked her forgiveness. I told her that I had overheard her conversation. I was a pastor. I wondered if they would like me to pray with them. And she said, yes, please. And so I got some details about who we're praying for. The other woman was on the cell phone, and as I was praying, I heard the woman on the cell phone say, there's a woman here praying for us. And she stopped talking on the phone, and she put her hand on my hand, which was on the hand of the other woman, and we were praying together, and they were saying, yes, Jesus, and please, Jesus. And right there in Popeye's for about three or four minutes, we did church African-American style. And I cannot tell you the difference that that prayer made, that there was this peace and this release. It was like my presence and that prayer reminded them that God knew. It was like a light came on, and uh, it was like, oh, yeah, God. Oh, yeah, God. We're not alone in this. And when the woman returned to her phone call, there was just this calmness, and the anxiousness was gone, and there was a peace. Friends, we have something to offer people. And when we pray for and with others, hope enters the picture. And it enters the picture because Jesus enters the picture. And when you invite Jesus to help you, you have hope because now you're not alone on the journey. You may not know the outcome, but you know the one who walks with you. And parents, one of the kindest things that you can do for your kids is teach them to pray. And this is for grandparents, too. And I'm not talking about just a rote, you know, Johnny Appleseed prayer or now I lay me down to sleep, but to teach them to bring their needs to God and then to help them to understand the ways that God works through prayers. If you teach them to pray, they will always have hope. And you never know when they're going to need hope in their life down the road. Prayer changes hopeless situations into hopeful ones. And that's what Jairus experienced. Uh, But then just when Jairus's hope was growing, the unthinkable happened. Jesus is on the way to heal Jairus's daughter. And then a woman cuts in line Uh, Do you like it when someone cuts in line? (laughs) Not most of us. Uh, And she had a need, too. She'd been suffering for 12 years. She spent every penny on doctors, and she ended up worse off than when she had started. So she pushes her way in through this parade towards Jesus, and she makes a, a quick move and touches the hem of his garment, and she's immediately healed. And Jesus feels this healing power go out from him, and so he stops the parade. And you can kind of imagine Jarius, uh, he is like, no, you know, come, we've got to keep moving. But Jesus is focused on someone else, and in the process, 
while he is stopped to speak to the woman, this line cutter, a messenger comes, and he has uh, bad news. The he grabs a hold of Jairus, and he says, "Jairus, your daughter is dead." There's no need to trouble or bother the teacher anymore. Have you ever been praying, and instead of things getting better, they go from bad to worse? Uh, there's, it doesn't get much worse than a messenger coming to tell you that your little girl is dead. And it's in those kinds of times that we have two voices pulling on us. One is telling us, keep trusting, anything is possible with God. And the other is saying, why bother? Why bother the teacher anymore? Why bother? And, you know, sometimes it's the big things and the voice is trying to convince us that this is too big for God. Not even God can fix my marriage. Not even God can help me with this addiction. Why bother? And then sometimes it's the opposite where it's so small. You think, why bother God with this? Why bother God with a washing machine? The enemy will try to convince you that your problem is too small to bother God. Or, you know, I, I hear people say, I can pray for others, but I just don't feel right praying for myself. Why bother the teacher? And the enemy's strategy is that when you begin to trust God to cause you to doubt, to get you to give up, to lose faith, in the one that you've put your hope in. But look at Jesus' strategy in the very next verse, verse 36. Overhearing what they said, and some translations say, ignoring their comments, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. Maybe somebody needs to hear that this morning. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. Jesus ignores the facts, and he looks towards a deeper reality. And he invites Jairus to move forward, to keep trusting him, to keep moving ahead, to not give up. And the second change that you can count on when you pray is that prayer changes you. You know, I, I've noticed that people of prayer are quicker to hear Jesus' words, don't be afraid, just believe. It takes less, less time to get from fear to faith. Uh, when life gives them lemons, they're quicker to make lemonade. They move from the facts of the situation to the God possibilities in the situation. And the primary purpose of prayer is not to get something from God, but to develop that relationship with God. The more you know him, the more you trust him. And when you know that Jesus is walking with you, that you're not alone, you move from hoping to trusting. You go from fear to faith. Prayer changes you. It changes your attitude and your responses it aligns your heart with God's heart and his purposes. Prayer connects you to the power you need to make it through whatever you're facing. And one of my favorite scriptures um, 
passages of scripture comes from Second Chronicles 16.9. This is our memory verse, so let's read it together. Second Chronicles 16.9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Second Chronicles 16.9. God strengthens those who put their trust in him. And Jairus put his trust in Jesus, and they headed off towards his home. We're going to look at the ending of this story from verse 38. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, that's Jairus, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. And he went in and he said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child's not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. That happens. After he put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went where the child was. He took her by the hand, and he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this, and told them to give her something to eat. Prayer changes hopelessness to hopefulness. Prayer changes the prayer. And then number three, prayer changes outcomes. Uh, in this case, Jairus's daughter was brought back to life. And you know, I, I know that some of you have had disappointments in life. Uh, some of which came after much prayer and much crying out to God. Your circumstances didn't change, and because of that, you decided, why bother? What's the use? But as you read through Scripture, one of the most clearly illustrated truths is that God answers prayer. Prayer changes things. He answered the prayers of people in the Old Testament over and over again. He answered Jesus' prayers. He answered the prayers of Jesus' followers in the New Testament. And he still answers prayer today. We've heard that uh, over and over. And sometimes he answers in miraculous ways that there's no, nothing apart from God that would explain it. And other times he works through circumstances so ordinary that we're left wondering, was that a coincidence or a God incidence. But prayer changes outcomes. And the key takeaway from the message today is that prayer opens the door for God possibilities. And next week we're going to look at some of the key scriptures that teach about effective prayer. And then the following week uh, we're going to look at some scriptures that will help us to understand why God doesn't answer prayers the way that we would if we were God and uh, what to think about unanswered prayer. I encourage you to come to those messages as we learn how to tune into God and to communicate with him more effectively. Uh, if you want to pull out your connection card, on the back are some ways to respond to the message today. The first is to memorize that verse from Second Chronicles 16.9. The second says, I'm committing to come and hear the rest of those series uh the series on prayer and then number three i'm going to trust jesus to walk with me during some difficult circumstances in my life right now 
And if you'd like me to be in prayer for you over that during this series, you can just write that prayer request down below there, and you can either check confidential for me only or, or um, check for the prayer team. We'll get some other people praying for you as well. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you um, that you are not far off, that you haven't set things in motion here and left us uh, to work it all out, that you haven't left us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps when things are tough, but that you are a God who comes alongside, who walks with us. You hear the prayers of our heart, and God... Um, we thank you for being a loving Father who promises to hear and answer prayer. So we pray uh, for this series as we move ahead that you'll teach us, that you'll help us. And I pray for each person here, God, whatever their need, that they would have the faith to turn to you, that you would give them hope, and that you would walk with them in the days ahead. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.